Bonjour and welcome to another episode of Street Focus, an ongoing exploration of urban photography. I'm your host, Valérie Jardin. Some quick announcements before the show starts. Since this episode was recorded a few weeks back, I could not announce the winner of this first Street Challenge contest from episode 2 during the recording. Remember that the challenge was about silhouettes and you posted a lot of great images in the show notes for that episode. I was blown away by the number of entries, actually. That's really great for our first Street Challenge contest. I also know that some of you experienced some difficulties when uploading your pictures. Some posts are automatically sent for moderation to prevent spam. So they have to be approved before the image actually shows up. So that could take a few hours or a day, but your image will eventually appear in the comments section. So you may want to check back, you know, the next day to make sure. But um, once you post it, it will be visible upon approval and for sure before the contest closes. Also, this contest will run for two weeks after the episode goes live. And really the point of it is to go out and shoot during that two-week period. It's to push you to go out and shoot more. So please refrain from entering old pictures. It's just much more fun if they're shot with the challenge in mind. And the winner for our first Street Challenge contest is Dieter Henke, who lives in Vienna, Austria. Dieter shot a really cool silhouette of a bicyclist on a giant circle on a plaza. And I really like the play with circles and the long shadow of the bicyclist. Really, really well done. And I'm really happy to send you a book from our friends at Rocky Nook. The title I have selected for you is The Art of Black and White Photography by Torsten Hoffman. And I will put the link in the show notes for everyone else to check it out. Thanks to Rocky Nook again for their contribution to the show. And congratulations to Dieter for winning the first Street Challenge contest. Your picture will be posted in the show notes for episode 5 for everyone to see. Another short announcement before we start the show. I just added a weekend street photography workshop in Paris, France on January 23rd through the 25th. I usually only run week-long workshops in Paris, but I decided to try something new and added a weekend workshop, which may fit better in your schedule and definitely an easy workshop to attend for my friends over in Europe. So registration are already starting to come in and it's only open to a small group of 8 to 10 photographers. And I will put the link to my website in the show notes for this episode. So that's it for the quick announcement. Thank you, and uh, I hope you enjoy this second Q&A slash Street Challenge episode today. This is our second Q&A and Street Challenge episode, and today I will answer questions about whether or not you can make money with your street photography, and also how to handle situation if someone confronts you in the streets. Then we'll discuss our next Street Challenge, and I will give you my pick of the week. So question number one comes from Mark Ryerson, and he asks, how does a street photographer monetize this art form? Well, this is a good question because, you know, as we 
if we do photography as a hobby, well, you know, a lot of the time you kind of get to that point. It's like, oh, it'd be really nice if I could make money with it. And uh, as street photographers, eh, you know, it's really something you do for yourself and for the pure love and passion of shooting street photography, for the the need to be out there in the streets and and look for stories. So it's really not something you get into to make money. Um, and it's also not something you get into to get the likes or the, or the pluses on social media because it's still something that is underappreciated in my opinion. A lot of people don't know how to, how to see, how to appreciate street photography. And so, um, it, it's not, it's, it, you can have the most amazing street shot. There are people who just don't get it. And so, um, you're, you're better off doing, you know, flowers or pets if you, if you're out there for the likes on social media, for example, because those will get tons more, um, appreciations from, from the general public. But street photography is really so special and, uh, and it's really something you do for you. And that's okay. I mean, I, I was a commercial photographer for, for many years and one constant in my photography was street photography. And I shoot everything else that moves me, um, when I'm out and about with my camera, but street photography is really where I, I find I'm the happiest and, um, and I do it for me. If people like it, Hey, that's an added bonus, but it is not my goal. And I don't think it should be your goal is to get recognition. It's something you really do for yourself. And then you will, you will, see that in the community, there are people who know and can appreciate it. And then it's such a great community that you get satisfaction through sharing and uh, sharing your work that way. But don't, don't go into it for money. Technically, you could make money selling fine art. Um, it, you know, you could exhibit your work and, and sell some of your prints of street photography, but it's not something people will put on their walls like they would a landscape or a sunset, for example. It doesn't appeal to the general public. It appeals to, um, a different type of people. And, uh, and I think it's a good thing. You know, I, I, I love that about street photography that not everybody is ooh over it, but people who there, there's people who just know how to appreciate it. And so, um, teaching it is another way to make money, obviously, uh, teaching workshops, but, um, Teaching workshop is a lot harder to do than one would think. Uh, workshops are very, very difficult to sell and it's a full-time job. Um, so that's one way to do it. If you, if you want to share your passion and you get a good enough following, maybe people will want to learn from you, you know, tips and techniques and how to to do better street photography. So that's another way you could monetize uh, the art form. And uh, but really, you know, you may be better off 
you know, doing portraits and, um, or shooting other things for money if you, if you need that and keeping street photography purely for the love of it and, um, as a pure hobby. And I think that is, that is so important to do things just for you without having even to please others, you know, just, just for you. And then if the work is good, it will get recognition and people who know how to appreciate street photography will certainly give you their input. So it's really, um, it's a beautiful art form. And, and I think that, uh, it's okay not to make money, uh, make money with it. I mean, I've had many exhibits of my street work and, um, it's not the hottest sellers. I mean, I used to do, I used to, I used to exhibit other types of photography and I, I sold a lot more of that than I did street photography, but that's what I love to do. And that's really all that matters. So Mark, good luck. I hope this answers your question. Um, again, you know, show your work, maybe, uh, put some up at the local coffee shop to start and, and see what happens. And, and ha- after you have a show or two, maybe some prints will sell. I, I think it's, it's definitely worth trying. And, and it's a genre of photography that more and more people learn to appreciate as well. So, um, the more, the more we put the work out there, the more people will, will learn to appreciate it. I hope this helps. Good luck. Question number two comes to us from Steve Brokaw. What do you do or how do you handle a situation where someone confronts you in the street about taking their pictures? Well, we touched on that a little bit during the last episode, but um, it's always a big concern. And I think that stops a lot of people from even trying street photography. Um, it's intimidating. There is no doubt about it. It's intimidating to be out there, get close to people and photograph them. But really, what can happen? What's the worst thing that can happen? People telling you they don't like it? Well, so what? You just move on and it's not that big of a deal. I mean, you're not going to get into a dangerous situation if you use some street smarts. Um, I mean, don't put yourself in any dangerous situation. I always tell my students, if it feels sketchy, if it feels dangerous, then it probably is. So follow your gut instinct. And, uh, but just, shooting in the streets of any big city when there are a lot of people around the really the worst thing that can happen is people coming to you and and ask you what you're doing and then very often if you just explain to the to them and educate them as to what street photography is about they will understand and they will be absolutely no problem it helps now that by shooting digital we can actually show them the picture on the back of the camera and I always make a point to never photograph people in vulnerable or embarrassing situations. So if I show them the picture and tell them what a special moment this was, that I really wanted to immortalize it, most of the time they will never have a problem with it. And um, and then, you know, that's when you need to have some business cards with you and hand them your card so they see you legitimate. Um most of the time, I'm pretty much invisible, and that's really the job of a street photographer. When we shoot candid street photography in the street, most of the time, our subjects never know we took a picture. 
so then there are fewer risk of confrontations uh, with with people. And uh, so what if somebody comes to you and says, I don't want you photographing me, um, and they seem clearly upset? Well, you don't have to delete the picture. And um, I, you know, that's totally up to you. Um, you and your right to keep it if they're in a public place, at least in the United States and in many other countries. But that's, you know, something you want to check for each country and check the local laws. But like, for example, in the United States, it, you're, they're in a public place, you can keep the picture. But now think about it. Would you feel right using that photograph if you knew that it was such a bad experience for your subject? I know I wouldn't. And uh, it's happened a couple of times over the past several years where I could tell the person was not happy that I photographed them. Doesn't mean that they approached me or anything, but I could tell they were uncomfortable. And in those rare instances, I don't think I ever used the picture or put it out there because it has to be a good experience for both. And um, if, if you've offended someone, then the least you can do is not use the image. That's my opinion. But then, you know, you can do whatever you want from there. I'm just telling you what what I sh what I do and what I try to teach my students on, on my workshops. Question number three also comes to us from Steve Brokaw. Love you, Steve, for sending all those questions because the show could not exist without those questions. So thank you so much for your support. And he asks, can you set up a shot in the street and still call it street photography? In my case, bringing a model or have her the main part of the scene or a part of the scene and still call it street photography? Well, there are no set rules really as to what you can call street photography. And some would argue that even a portrait of a stranger doesn't qualify as street photography because there is eye contact, for example. Well, I have yet to meet the authority who gave him or herself the right to set the street photography rules because I don't think there is an authority. And, and there are no rules. So yes, there, you know, street photography will be defined more as photographing people in candid situations telling a story in a frame, uh, but it can really take different um, proportions from there. I mean, street portraits, even if you have eye contact with your subjects, to me still qualifies as street photography. And it is definitely a very, very challenging part of street photography because it adds a different dimension. You actually have eye contact, so you have permission, basically. So you have to you know, have the courage to do that. And it's it's difficult for a lot of people. Um, now, having a model in a street scene, would that qualify as street photography? That's really hard to say. Uh, why not? I mean, at that point, it's staged. And usually, street photography, nothing is staged. You have very little control, if any of the situation. Here you would at least have control of the model, but then you have the whole street and the world around that model that you can't control. So that part would actually be very challenging. So I think it would I would call it more a model shoot with an urban feel or 
urban model photography or fashion photography. Um, but I think that would be a really fun challenge. And it sounds like a great project to incorporate what you do. And I know that Steve uh, does uh, fashion photography in his studio. And I, I think it would be really fun to incorporate his love for that genre of photography with his love for street photography and blend both. So, you know what? The sky's the limit. Probably wouldn't call it street photography, but who cares? We don't need to, you know, put labels on everything. And, um, and I hope, I hope you, we see some images soon, Steve. So share with us when you get the model in the street and do your photo shoot. Okay, so these were the three questions for today. I hope this helped and that you learned something. Next is our street challenge. So as I'm recording this show, by the way, the the podcast hasn't even launched yet. I'm trying to get a lot of shows in because I'm about to leave for my fall photo workshop. So I'm going to be traveling for quite a while, a few weeks. So by the time I'm recording this, I haven't even launched the first Street Challenge episode. So I cannot give you the winning image or the name of the photographer who won the best silhouette shot for last time. But once I get caught up, I will definitely give you the, the winner and post the winning image. So do not despair. I haven't forgotten about it, but that will come in due time. Motion in street photography is our next challenge. There are many ways to capture motion in a still image. And I invite you to experiment with different techniques. So I put some samples on the show notes for this episode, just for inspiration. And uh, so I invite you to, to go check them out. There are tons of tutorials out there. Um, I, you know, just Google panning, motion blur, long exposure. There, there are so many ways, so many fun techniques that you can incorporate in your street photography to make some really cool images. So as I said, motion blur and long exposure. Uh, picture a train station with passengers in motion blur. Now, the important part of this type of photography is to find a really cool location because Although your passengers will be in motion blur, some of them may be stationary, which adds even more interest to the image. But the building itself will be very clear in the image. So you want to make sure you have some really cool architecture. So, of course, Grand Central Station comes to mind. But there are a lot, even in St. Paul here, we have the Union Depot, which is beautiful architecture. So so think of that. There, it doesn't have to be grand, but think of the interest, the architectural interest of the image as a big component when you do this type of photography. Panning. Panning techniques are really fun and a lot more challenging than they may seem. So what I always tell my students when they start panning for the first time, first switch to JPEG because you're going to go through so many frames just to get one good one. You're going to fill up your cards so fast. So switch to JPEG so you save a little bit of space and then go on and practice. First, practice on pretty much anything that moves. Um, I mean, 
as long as it has to do with street photography. So cars may not be the most interesting, but bicyclists, scooters, skateboarders, you know, anything that moves. And then try to start your panning, your experiment with panning um, in a parallel situation. You know, don't try to be too fancy at first. You know, it's tough enough as it is. So make things easy. Watch for obstructions on each side because you usually start your panning shot before, you know, you, before the shot you, you want, and you usually end it way after you got the shot. So just do the full motion. Another tip is to start in wound up position. That way you unwind your body as you panning will be a much smoother panning movement. And so experiment with just about any subject and then look for really interesting subjects. And I put some samples on the show notes. Um, one comes to mind is this woman in Paris who was wearing a fur coat. I don't think it was a real fur coat, but, um, and she was on the zebra scooter. So that wasn't it. That was a very interesting subject. So those don't come along all the time. So that requires a little bit of patience. Um, red scooters can be really cool to photograph in color and also watch for your, watch the background. You know, it can't be too distracting either. So experiment with different types of backgrounds and, um, and it's okay if it's not super sharp. Actually, if you look in the show notes, one of my favorite image in the series I uh, put together is this woman in Paris and she is in really soft focus. So it's basically panning gone wrong, but it has such a mood to it that I love that image. And a lot of people have really loved that image. So um, don't think that it has to be perfect. Uh, it's your image. It's your vision. So experiment with panning. It takes some time if you've never done it, but it's so much fun. You know, find a really good street corner and, uh, and then just wait for the, you know, the skateboarder or the, the bicyclist or the runner to go by and then and an experiment. Also, a stationary subject with a moving background can be really fun. And I put some samples there, too. Um, you know, that works really well, for example, in a subway station when you find an interesting subject and then the train will be in fast motion. So surprise me um, and and go out and shoot for the next couple of weeks and then upload your favorite photograph on the show notes for this episode. And before the third street challenge, if I'm caught up, I will definitely pick a winning image and uh, I will mention the winner and also um, showcase the, the picture on the following show notes. So have fun. The point is to go out there and shoot and try new techniques because, you know, street photography is a lot of fun and it's never boring. But there are times when, especially if you're photographing your same city over and over and over again, it seems like, okay, it's kind of boring. But you go out on a uh, and shoot for a project like that. So today I'm just going to get the best panning shot ever, for example. Or you're going to bring um, your camera into a station and try to get some really cool shots of motion among the passengers going back and forth to the to their trains. 
that really spices up your photo walk and makes for for really really fun time with your camera so enjoy and then uh, show me what you have finally time for my pick of the week and this week it's another book but an ebook this time by our friend over at the candid frame Ibarionex Perello. I'm really excited because I'm going to be um, leading a photography workshop in Los Angeles um, in uh, the end of February with Ibarionex. Uh, unfortunately, it's already sold out, but it's going to be a weekend of street photography in LA. And um, he recently published a new book called Portraits of Strangers, where he gives you some really, really great tips on how to approach a situation that can be very intimidating for a lot of people. So, so I uh, urge you to check out his book, Portraits of Strangers by Ibarionex Perello, and I will put the link on the show notes. A quick announcement regarding my 2015 photo workshops. Um, some are already sold out, but um, there are room in the week-long workshops um, in Rome in April and Paris in May. And by the time this show airs, there will probably be more workshops announced for um, in Europe and the U.S. But I invite you to visit my website at www.valeriejardinphotography.com, all in one word. And you can subscribe to my um, newsletter as well, where I send updates when new workshops are announced. But I hope to see some of you either in Rome in April or Paris in May, but they're very small groups and they fill up really fast. And we are at the end of another episode of Street Focus. Um, I hope you enjoyed this, uh, this second Q&A and Street Challenge. Please head over to thisweekinphoto.com slash street to subscribe to the show and to comment on this post. This is also where you can um, find the show notes for this episode and upload your images for the Street Challenge contest. And we are at the end of another episode of Street Focus. Please head over to thisweekinphoto.com slash street to subscribe to the show and catch up with all the previous episodes. And if you enjoy it, please leave us a five-star rating over on iTunes. It really helps us out. And sign up for exclusive TWIP member benefits and discounts by heading over to thisweekinphoto.com slash join. My name is Valérie Jardin, and you've been listening to Street Focus. Now it's time to grab that camera and hit the streets. Mm-hmm.